Hey y'all, welcome to Life Connections, where we have friendly, or hopefully friendly, conversations, deep conversations about all sorts of topics. Today we're going to talk about labels and stereotypes. Some questions that we might have are, what are these labels and stereotypes that we use? Why do we use labels and stereotypes? And what kind of connotations or negative aspects they might have? So does anyone have any thoughts to start out with? Thinking about the what labels and stereotypes we use, I was thinking about the parts that make up our personality. You have something as simple as your gender, or what gender you identify with. There's religious stereotypes or, or cultures you identify with. There are personality ones, like someone might be a jock, some, someone might be a nerd. There's political, whether you're liberal, conservative, Republican, libertarian and there's a lot of different almost icons you could put on a display to say who you are which is i think what we use the stereotypes for is for almost saying this is who i am i, I have all these boxes i fit into and you know here's how they line up so that's really cool because that kind of starts to um, approach like labels and stereotypes and people um, I think I kind of want to broaden it as well because I think sometimes that helps when you're framing a conversation. But to think about how labels are kind of like language too. Like language is a label. We use words to describe things so that we can communicate. And I think I like to start that way a little bit because I feel like there's an aspect of thinking that labels are negative. And I, I know they can be, but I also think they're necessary because we can't communicate without a way of expressing meaning in a simplification, you know, couch is a label we use to describe a real thing you know and so i think the labels we use for people can be that to a degree but they also become defining which i think can be a negative thing so they're used for classification which is um, important for communication and simplifying our communication process and i mean one big difference between like a label for i think like a couch versus label versus a person is like in general people are a lot more dynamic than a thing like a couch so a couch is going to stay a couch for a long time whereas a person might not stay with the same label for as long they change a lot more than the couch would and generally a person will identify with several different labels well it, it would actually be impossible for them to define themselves with one label <laughs> they're going to be male or female or non-binary or they're going to be have some religious um, affiliation or some um, nationality. You know, all those labels all add up, and there's a lot more than just a single label that would fit a person. So is that maybe one of the simple reasons for why labels are negative quickly, though? Because labels are constraining and they don't change? Like, I think that's really cool how you identified that right away, Chris, because it's like we use labels to describe things that don't change, and that's easy. But people are constantly changing, and maybe that's part of the difficulty then. But does it have to be that way? Because I think sometimes if you do it right, uh, like when you're, like say you, you meet somebody new and you're, and you're making friends with somebody, there can almost be like a, a certain joy to the process of like, okay, you start out, here's some labels that it seems like this person fits into, but look, they're actually so much deeper than this, and here's somewhere where they really don't fit the label and it's really interesting to, to see who they are and how they do and don't fit the labels. That is a positive use for stereotypes and labels is it does allow us to help us understand people so that someone can say I am 
a Christian, for example, and you can start to have an idea of some of the ideas that they um, associate with. And mm-hmm. you would not want to make assumptions about exactly all the, the boxes they might fit into, but you can start to have an idea of some of the um, general trends they might um, they might start thinking towards and um, some of the ways they identify themselves as a person. That's kind of almost a way of summarizing information about a person then. Right. Well, going back to the language thing that I mentioned early on then, um, that's why it's important to have labels because you can't convey what a couch is without simplifying it to communicate. So it's important to have labels in order to communicate information, but you have to recognize that there is simplification. And maybe that's part of the problem is that we use those labels to constrain people without recognizing that the reality of who they are is a lot bigger than the label. An additional value to stereotypes that I considered um, through thinking through this is we actually use stereotypes to um, to share cultural values with people. Um, one example I was thinking of is if you think of a jock, for example, um, that cultural stereotype tends to value exercise and um, a muscular body top type so that someone who wanted to identify that group may then um, find value in exercise and find ways to you know, get more exercise in order to fit into that, that culture. That can be a positive thing, or on the flip side, it can also be a negative thing when you are pushing people to do things that are maybe not healthy so they can fit into a certain culture. Doesn't it seem like, like going from what you're talking about there, in some ways some of the negativity comes in when, when it's pressure from somewhere to onto someone else to fit into the, the stereotype as opposed to like if you want to take on some pressure like hey I want to be a jock then there's nothing wrong with that it's just I would agree with most of that I think there can be a danger with stereotypes that people um, hide themselves and hide their personal identity to try and become like a certain stereotype and they end up hiding who they really are and they have shallow relationships and they have a false personality because they are playing themselves up to be someone they aren't to fit into a stereotype, which I think is a danger with having these stereotypical pictures of what you should look like. As someone who has personally struggled with stereotypes a lot in my life, um, I I think that probably the biggest damage to stereotypes is the damage that does to someone's self-esteem when they don't meet those expectations of the culture. Um, I think that oftentimes people feel like they should look a certain way in order to fit one of those cultural stereotypes that they identify with. Um, A a typical example in in my case was there's stereotypes about how, you know, men should look and act. And if you don't match up to those stereotypes, then you feel insufficient as a man. And that tends to tear down your self-esteem and it makes you start to doubt yourself as a person and your abilities to to, to be a man or to fit into that that stereotype or that, that culture, which I think is a big danger with having these cultural stereotypes that a man should look this way, a woman should look this way, a Christian should look this way, a, a liberal should look this way. I think those those can be very damaging to someone who does not fit into that um, that type well. So you're saying that stereotypes can be negative when we apply them to other people and then constrain or try to change who they are to be like what we expect them to be like 
like manipulate or change them based on those stereotypes. I think another example that they could be negative is in a case where we apply them to ourselves, but then we limit ourselves because we think I'm this. And so we don't allow ourselves to actually be more than that when we can be. I think both tend to happen quite a bit when you have this, this um, notion that there is an ideal picture of that, of that, um, of that culture. So there is an ideal man, or there is an ideal woman, or there is an ideal Christian, or there is an I ideal um, liberal, that people are pushed to become like something they aren't, and they, f they lose their self-esteem when they don't reach that, and people push themselves to try and become like that, that picture. And again, they're losing self-esteem when, when they don't match what they want to become. Rather than valuing their personal strengths and weaknesses as they are at that moment which is what I would like to see instead, recognizing that every person is unique and different and every person should look different, not match an ideal. Right, stereotypes are a lot about having people like fit and hold or whatever, like everyone's a couch or whatever. <laughs> like They're all about trying to uh, make everyone look like a certain thing or whatever. Hey, every man should look like this or whatever. So that's a big problem with stereotypes instead of realizing that we're all different. A second problem that comes with that, then, that I see to stereotypes is we actually stop listening to people. We have this, this issue that happens is, this especially happens in a political arena, where someone will say, I'm a liberal, for example. And then someone on the opposite side of the spectrum, they start assuming that that liberal thinks a b c and d without bothering to listen to that person and understand who that person is in their unique um, personality and that person's unique perspective instead they're, they're making assumptions and they stop listening to what that person actually thinks and has to say and i think that happens not just in the political arena and the politi political stereotypes but it happens in every stereotype that that there is that people start making assumptions and they stop listening to what that person mm -hmm. actually is and what that person actually has to say. So let's ask two questions. Uh, the first one is, why would a person take on a label? And then the second question is, why would a person assign a label to somebody else? I think that taking on a label really does have to do with wanting to find a culture that you can be a part of. So someone will say, I am this, because they want to, you know, they want to have that community. To go back to the last conversation, they want to have a community that they feel a part of. So they identify with that community. So they're finding identity in that um, label. Right. I think, yeah, I think we can sometimes shape ourselves through labels, and it can be a positive thing sometimes that we're able to, to take on a label and say, I want to be like this. So therefore, I'm identifying with this, and it becomes kind of a part of who we are to a degree. Actually, you can do it the other way, too, where you can be, like, identifying yourself away from someone else. I am a Christian, so therefore, I'm not like those heathens or sinners or whatever, you know. I'm better than, better than them or, you know, that kind of thing. So it can be a label to make yourself That's true. feel above someone else or... For labeling other people, I think it's a classification tool. And unfortunately, some of that becomes um, competition that 
mm. you know that person is just a nerd you know they aren't as good at sports as I am or it could be more positive than that but it's it's generally wanting to find ways to classify people so you understand you know which box they fit in yeah when you think about a lot of labels and stereotypes there's like these good idea ideals but there's also all those negatives a jock is really good at sports but they're also usually like dumb you know or whatever is kind of the stereotype that goes with it or something like that there's always like a mix of both and it's like, why do you have the mix of both? Is it the negatives is almost like a way of putting those people down that you have in the stereotypes where the positives would be the things that you would apply to yourself when you would use the stereotype. It seems like one uh, negative way that people use stereotypes a lot of times is to um, set themselves up above another person or to marginalize or minimize another person, mm -hmm. which can actually be a technique like in an argument or something like that where a person is trying to um, minimize another person and discount their opinion, basically. Unfortunately, yes. That's a way people can make themselves feel like they're valuable, right? Kind of going back to what we talked about last time. Actually, it does seem to me like um, there can be a lot of our own value that gets attached to labels and devalue, your lack of value. You can sometimes get your value in a label that you have and you can sometimes get your um, negative things out of a label that you also have. Unfortunately, the stereotypes also can push people into negative behavior patterns as well as um, positive behavior patterns, um, which comes into a lot of the negative peer pressure that happens. Uh, I think toxic masculinity is something that also has come about because of these stereotypes of men need to be tough, men need to be competitive, men can't show their feelings which um, leads to a lot of negative behavior as well as some of the positive behavior that can happen. So if we go back to the idea that labels um, at the most basic level can just be language and a way of communicating ideas from one person to another, how can we take labels and stereotypes, this big concept that has a lot of negative aspects to it, how can we take it and start to try to apply it in a positive, constructive way? Because it seems like we do need language that we can use to communicate ideas to each other about people they kind of can be um like discussion starters you know where they you it's an instant like a, a label can tell you a lot about a person but you can like take it and be like okay this tells me stuff but that doesn't mean i know everything so i can ask them more about it you know like if you find, it's also helped you to actually respect the person because if you find out that they're a christian then you know you can respect some of their beliefs and the way you talk or the way you ask them questions or if you find out that they're non-binary then that's a way to respect them and how you would um, refer to them or you know so it's there 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 can be a good thing in that way for like helping spur on discussion or helping you respect a person what I, think, I really sorry what i really like about what you said is the fact that you're you're looking at it as an opportunity to learn so to listen more you know, Ben, you were saying earlier the whole thing about we, we use labels and then stop listening because you're like, oh, you're that. But if we instead flip that around, it seems like a really key thing. If we're able to take that label and flip it around and say this is an opportunity to actually listen more because now I'm like, I, I know more about you. I know you're, you're this to a degree, so tell me more about that. I think part of it is recognizing that language is personal and evolving, and it is up to the person who's claiming the label to define that label for themselves rather than for someone else to put a label on the person and tell them how they're thinking, which is, the, which is a huge difference. And so often we say, you know, that person is 
a liberal, they think this, instead of letting them apply their own labels to themselves and define it for themselves. So in that case, what do you think about asking? If you were to ask, are you A? And apply your label. Is that still, can that still be a learning mechanism? Or Because I, I think what I hear you saying that I can kind of agree with is that you have to be really careful about putting labels on people. That seems like it's a really risky thing that, you know, is an interesting topic in and of itself. But asking, is that like a learning mechanism? The concern I have with asking is too often there's a lot of emotions already built in both sides so that you're asking something and they may interpret it differently than what you ask. Mm -hmm. So you may say, are you a Christian? And they, they're, they're wondering, are you asking, you know, do I think that everyone will go to hell forever and ever? Or, you know, do, you, do I think that I'm a Republican? Because a lot of evangelical Christians are Republicans. Therefore, they may think that there's a connection between those two. So, again, there has to be a clarification of the language involved. And maybe you allow them to determine their labels first and then ask them questions that would clarify those labels rather than asking them, are you this label? I'm almost inclined to agree because one of the problems with that question is that it's a yes or no answer, right? Like you set them up to fail right. because they can't answer yes and they can't answer no until they know what you even mean. And right. They, they Usually when you ask the question, they're kind of thinking that you have a lot of ideas behind it. Like, why did you ask the question? Because you already started assuming something about them or... You know, to be like, oh, I think you're acting like a liberal. So, are you a liberal? Or no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can ask it as an open-ended question instead of a yes or no. Gives a lot more opportunity for them to explain instead of just, yeah, I am this or no, I'm not this. You say like, like, what do you think about this or what do you like? Yeah. Tell me about your religious expression. Yeah. Exactly. Tell me about your political opinions. Yeah. It probably depends upon both your intent and how much time you have. Because if you have enough time, it's better to learn about the person. So they ask all the details of what makes up a Christian. You know, do you believe this? Or is this important to you? Is that important to you? Um, but if you don't have the time, then you may just ask the general question, are you a Christian? Because then you're trying to get an idea about who they are without, because you don't have the time constraint. But it is always better to spend the time getting to know a person and really understanding where they're at, with that, what, their, what their real beliefs are and what's meaningful to them. Right, a time constraint is actually a huge reason why labels and stereotypes are important because they help you get to a point quicker. You can say that you're a Christian and that already helps them know quite a bit more about you than if you went about it plus explaining all your beliefs. <laughs> it still seems like it's, it's better, though, if someone offers up descriptions of themselves as opposed to suggesting, you know, do you fit in this camp? Uh, I think that's something you have to be careful about. Not that there's never an opportunity to do that, but if you're rushed enough that you can't really get to know the person, then I, I guess I'd be really cautious about wanting to, you know, to be quick to put labels on them if they're not putting those forward themselves. I think that it seems to me like there is also a danger that happens. I mean, we talked about the time constraint, but you can ask yourself, um, what is my life really all about? And isn't it about connecting with other people and interacting with other people and don't labels? They can be helpful, but they can also be, you're not really getting to know the, the person. You really are instead using the label as, this is what I see that person as being. Right. Maybe some of this comes back to worldview, to a degree. Like, do you have a worldview where you're trying to get a simple understanding of how things work and moving on? Or are you going to have a worldview where you're actually trying to seek understanding in life, in things, whatever it is? 
you know, because there's a lot of aspects of life where you could say a couch is just a couch, or you can go deeper and recognize that, you know, couches are built and they're built of different things. There's different ways you can build them and they, you know, last different lengths of time based on that. You know, there's so much more complexity to everything. And we create simple models so that we can move on like we have to in life sometimes. But to build a philosophy in life where you're trying to seek understanding in areas, I guess because of time constraints, maybe you have to prioritize things that matter more. You know, but I would think people should be on that list. Yeah. Do we need to classify people? Wouldn't it be better just to understand their stories and to see them as a living story rather than trying to find boxes to put them into? I guess the only thing that maybe boxes might be helpful for is like when you're making some decisions relating to somebody that you don't know that well yet. Say, I'm going to lend him some money. Uh, does he have some labels that I can use to to, to make like a a judgment of should I consider being able to trust him <laughs> things like that so let's get into some labels that are kind of negative labels and but necessary like this person is a thief you know and he might have had some problems because he did something inappropriate sometime in the past or maybe a child molester you know and um, it isn't where necessarily where they're defined but sometimes there's things that that person if they truly are trying to change um, like a thief um, shouldn't necessarily be trusted with the money bag. If you know, if you had a group, you shouldn't be the treasurer necessarily. There's some there's some um, cautions that ought to be exercised because of past behaviors, and maybe eventually you can grow out, out of those. But that would be for the person's own benefit because they're trying to change and become better and get past their problem. Um, but it would also be for the benefit of society and the culture that um, whatever their negative um, behavior has been so that that could be kind of protected against and um, averted. I would still rather see him as a story than as a thief. See, um, instead of just saying he's a thief, say, you know, here's what has happened in the past, here's the journey we're on, and here's the um, consequences that have happened because of that event in the past. Um, unfortunately, when you when you just start using the labels, then again, people start making these assumptions and and um, their mind starts going down these paths that can be really destructive towards that, that person or, or towards the whole community as a whole. I agree with that, but I also think it's interesting because when people have been in negative places, a lot of times they don't want everyone to know all the details, and, and they shouldn't need everyone to know all the details. Like, it's a give and take. Like, I think we do need to seek people's stories and not just dismiss them because of a label like like thief uh, but at the same time like it's their their choice to decide if they want to be vulnerable and transparent and who they want to tell all the details of their story to agreed in that case they may feel like um, they don't want everyone to know all the details but you know it could also be that in sharing those details people actually can reach better understanding and not just dismiss them yeah how do we get people to share their stories and I think why people would not be willing to share their stories is because of the labels and stereotypes that would be applied to them because of their stories. Or some, so, you know, someone wouldn't want to share that because then they would get labeled a thief. You know, even if they that was in their past, way in their past, and they've changed or whatever, you know, they're not going to want to share that story. Why don't they want to share that story? Because they're going to get labeled. <laughs> well, I think more than just getting labeled is just the fact of rejection because you can't change the fact that he's a thief if he stole. I mean, he stole, so that does make him a thief. 
So he's really afraid of being rejected because of that label, not necessarily... Yeah, not the label the itself, label but, the, itself. but what comes yeah. with it. Jean Valjean. <laughs> should there be times when uh, <clears throat> um, other people should be warned of a person's behavior, perhaps because they are sorry about their behavior haven't changed? Yes, and I think that's different. That's a different case. You have two different, very different cases, and you have someone who has not repented versus someone who has. How how is that different than putting labels on people, though? So is that a case where we have to put labels on people for safety reasons? Like you know, someone that is choosing to continue in a behavior that's um, harmful to society or people around them. At some level, there has to be a certain amount of maybe one of the steps of protection for society is telling people like, hey, this is a label that is negatively applied to this person because of choices they're making that they're not turning from. I think the difference is the label is not the end. Like you aren't putting this person in this box and saying, this is where they're at, this is where they'll always be. But it, again, it's the story. It's at this point, you know, this is what's happened. This person is not changing their ways and not repenting. But we would like to see that in the future. So it's it's not a box that the person is stuck in. It's, it's a continuing journey. And here's where we're at in the journey. Here's a kind of wild idea just um, uh, popped out. Um, what if in our culture we um, labeled people because of negative behaviors they had, and that was their punishment? So that this person was labeled as this, but then when they changed, and when they actually truly did change, then they could raise the label. You know, so in other words, the punishment would be they'd be wearing this label. It would be made known of it, and wherever they went, people would you know treat them a certain way because you couldn't be trusted or in some way or whatever. And then part of their actually getting um, through their um, behavior would be to um, make some correction action, actually be recovered, and then be able to remove the label from them. Isn't that kind of like what outlaws were originally? Even with some of the things like, you know, cutting the ear or different things like that that they did to like mark people that were horse thieves or things like that? Like it kind of seems like that. I feel like the one risk you probably run into is that society can be very cruel. And so the, the flip problem you run into, which maybe is part of the whole like encouraging people to not do the wrong in the first place, you know, is some of the social pressure. But what happens is people in those situations then get needle and rejection. They can't find work, you know, nobody mm -hmm. will hang out with them. And so finding that way for society to still engage those people and try to um, love them into repentance seems difficult. Yeah, that, that can become a very serious thing. I mean, Ben mentioned Jean Valjean or whatever. You got someone that's so blackened by this label that no one will even look at them and see them as a person. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, I think the problem we often have in society is that we are putting all the labels on when they do something wrong, but we aren't willing to take them off, ever. So you were saying, well, when they redeem themselves to take it off, but nobody really ever takes off the labels. Like, yeah, you can't redeem yourself very easily because you're always seen as that after that. So you could have some people that de designated as label removers. And then you just go find one of those person. You got to find a good one that has a good reputation. And then he works with you to remove your label. And everybody thinks, wow, that's cool. You got to work with him to remove your label. You, you're in a good spot. I think that actually circles back to um, the question of values, which we talked about a little bit in our community conversation. You know, and hopefully we'll be able to dig into more in the future. But 
it seems like we don't want to remove negative labels. We and we want to label people negatively sometimes because it's part of this whole uh, struggle that we have internally where we're trying to look for ways to feel better about ourselves and to feel like we have self-worth. And too often as humans, our knee-jerk reaction is to make other people less so that we feel more. And so negative labels do that. We can write certain people off and say, well, they're just that, you know, and so I'm better than them. So I think we actually too often want to live in places where we negatively label people and write them off so we feel better about ourselves. And grace is the opposite. Grace is giving extra people extra chances time after time again. And it doesn't necessarily say there's no consequences to your actions, but I believe that grace is working with people through those consequences and bearing with people as they work through those consequences. Yeah, I mean, like, it, um, you know, the people that are unrepentant, that are still being labeled, there's there's that aspect of protection. I mean, like, a child molester, you're not going to let them around your child. But, like, it can be life-changing when you do accept that person, one that even when they haven't changed. Like, if you have the, um, the Jean Valjean experience, what changed his life was the bishop allowing him in, and even when he stole the stuff, you know, being like, he didn't steal it, I gave it to him. You know, it's like that was what changed his life then. <laughs> and as a teacher, I deal with that every day. Teenagers mess up. They mess up a lot. Really? <laughs> and they need Never people guessed. who are going to not look at the labels, not put them in a box, but are going to say, I love you anyway. I'm going to work with you through the, your mistakes. You have another chance. You're still, you know, I'm still here for you. That's what people need, especially teenagers, but I think everyone needs that. Yeah. Yeah, like we need those people that you know are going to stick around even if you stumble, right? Totally. Which is what does not happen in the label-happy world. Label-happy world is all about putting people in their boxes so that you can push those boxes where you want to and deal with them how you want to. But Grace says... There is no boxes. There's room for you in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like in the end, labels are not the problem. The problem is how you view people, right? Are you going to use labels as a tool for pushing people away and putting them in boxes and trying to boost yourself up to be better than other people? Or are you going to use labels as a tool to get to know people, to love people, and to accept people and embrace your people? You know, which probably means not applying labels and forcing people into them, but just letting labels express people so that you can communicate and understand each other. As long as you let them define those labels again. Which you would, because your goal right. in that context is to understand and to love. So the question I had about uh, uh, the discussion is that you use the words label and stereotype a lot, um, kind of interchangeably somewhat, and I'm not sure they necessarily mean the same thing. So my question more would be just what do they mean? How are they different? And how are we using them differently or similarly? I do feel like we've been using them a, a little bit interchangeably, for better or for worse. What, what would you see as being some differences to you? Well, I think that labeling more is just a tool we use to stereotype. That labeling isn't necessarily the same thing as uh, stereotyping. 
I mean, like you were saying before, labeling is more of the communicate the language aspect, I think. But I think it's strongly connected to stereotyping because I think it's, especially in today's world, one of the biggest um, tools people use to stereotype. So a stereotype is when we create a sense, almost like a box for a person, like a person is like this. That's a stereotype, like an, uh, a set of expectations for a person and who they would be if they had that stereotype. And then a label is just a term that we use to describe something. So a couch is a label. Yeah. A jock is a label. So I think that makes sense. That's that's what you said too. I'm just rephrasing, but yeah. a label would be the language term, and then a stereotype probably would be this more rig- rigorous, like a person expectation of a person to be like a certain thing. Yeah. So I would I was just thinking like a label is yeah like you said the the thing that you apply to someone like a jock or whatever, and then a stereotype would be the stuff that we think that comes with that label. So that's why I was thinking that they go hand in hand per se, is because the stereotypes would be. That a jock is someone who's good at sports, someone who's not as smart as other people. You know, those are the things that, those are the stereotypes that go with the label jock. Right. Generally. So then kind of circling back to the the conversation, then it seems like labels can be fairly positive because they're literally just language we use to describe things. Stereotypes can often be negative. Maybe not always because it's like more the expectations we put on people. And then labels are associated with stereotypes. And that's why labels can become negative because they're associated with stereotypes. Yeah. One thing that I feel was a little confusing um, in the conversation, to me personally at least, which is a little bit hard because um, Ben's not here, but Ben was saying um, how you should let people define their own labels or something like that. And I like I don't disagree with that at all because I feel like a lot of labels are very broad, so they need defining. But to some extent, I feel like that's a little bit confusing to me also because a lot of labels, if if it's language, then it has a definition, right? If it's language, more or less, or at least it has a society definition. I mean, people, labels are very broad. So like if you say Christian or whatever, like you're saying, there's like a ton of things that um, describe a Christian. So you do have to uh, describe who you are on a terms of a broad, broad uh, label. But if we use labels to describe who you are, then it's a little bit hard for everyone to define them because then is it a label anymore? I don't know. I think that's why we just have to focus on listening. Yeah. It's kind of my thought on that because even if we look at the dictionary, just because the dictionary says one thing, that's saying most people think it's this way, but it doesn't mean that that person meant it that way. But if we listen to many words they're using, hopefully over time we can start to understand their heart through that and what they're really trying to communicate for themselves. Yeah, and also um, the label can describe, like you were, you already said that, or the labels can be broader, or they can describe, mm-hmm. you can say, if you label something as a couch, then yeah, you kind of everyone kind of knows what that <laughs> means. But you can, the person can describe for themselves what their couch is. It's blue, it's got a lacy blanket over the back, or whatever, you know, there's their descriptions of what that label means to them or what that couch is, what their couch is or whatever. Or maybe in the end you find out it was really just a big chair, but so big to them they called it a couch, you know? <laughs> Love seat. Yeah, I was exactly. thinking that too. Futon. <laughs> Jinx. So thank you for joining Life Connections Podcast where we invite you to community. In our living room. The people we have participating in this conversation.
Let's I'm Steve, on. otherwise known as Dad. I'm Josh. I'm Sam. I'm Ben. I'm Rosie. I'm Rachel. I'm Maggie. I'm Chris. 